0: listening to sci-fi tv rewatch episode 507 my name is dave and i'm joined as always by my co-host wayne as we continue our discussion of the fox series fringe and uh hey big news in our neck of the woods uh we got odell beckham jr
1: yeah obj come to yeah instead of being a thorn in the Ravens' side we'll be uh on our team the only question is who will be throwing him the ball
0: yep we no longer hate him so uh <laughs> Now the well, question we'll is, <laughs> I'm sure he's out on that one, but, uh,
1: Good, but I think he point. can still. I can think he can still play. You know, sure. So, he's only thirty. Yeah, he's only thirty. You know, like the the last time we saw him, um, he he crushed the Ravens. You know, he just he put a yeah. dagger in us um, when was back playing for the Rams. And of course, he had you know until he tore his ACL, he was having a great Super Bowl game. So um, yeah, it's definitely a cause for optimism and excitement.
0: Well, anyway, uh, we got. You know, a lot to talk about with Fringe. Uh, you know, I was going to update the Saturn Awards this week, and it completely slipped my mind. But uh, my wife and I are watching. Uh, you know, how many times have I said, now nah, we've got to find a new show. We finished you know, whatever we were watching. Well, we're, we're, We started this British series called Endeavor, and, you know, it's a crime drama, uh, probably BBC. I assume
1: it's O-U-R at the end.
0: Yes, and you think that, well, okay, is it the actual noun? But no, it is the guy's first name. <laughs> so, no. And of course, they never call him that. They just call him by his last name, Morse. So uh, even though there are only four episodes in a season, they're 90-minute episodes. Sure. And there are, like, nine seasons, so we're, we're covered for a while. Okay, cool. And, um But uh, anyway, what are you watching?
1: So there's some stuff from last week, just really quickly to mention, uh, finale of the Bad Batch, because I've talked about Bad Batch before. It was really good. Uh, I loved it. Uh, And I actually saw the trailer uh, for the Ahsoka um, series that's going to be coming out. And all I can say is if you enjoyed Star Wars Rebels, uh, it definitely looks like you're going to want to watch Ahsoka. I finished up season two of Vikings Valhalla. That was also... Uh, great! I watched I re I thought it was the final episodes of Doom Patrol that I was watching, and then I realized that it's only the first half of the final season. So um, you know, was, you know, Doom Patrol is still very good. I enjoyable. But, you know, I don't love it, but it's a pretty good show. But what I <clears throat> really like to talk about, David, we went to too long. But just I told you before, I had ordered, I had DM'd you that. I had gotten the uh, the Blu-ray of the complete series of the original Star Trek series, right? Yeah, yeah. And kinda of was looking forward to finally getting to dive into that once I cleared my plate of all these other shows I wanted to watch. It's taken me actually a couple months to get through those. Finally, able to start watching uh, the original series, and it was definitely um, you know part of it watching it. I mean, obviously, as someone in 2023, watching the show from 1965, there's a lot of things that, that date that show. Um, all I can say is, if Me Too had been around in 1965, I don't know if Star Trek gets made, you know, to start off. But
0: It definitely doesn't get renewed.
1: Yeah, right. Like, But, uh, you know, that being said, you know, as, as a product of its time, it, it I imagine it was probably more progressive than other shows in its depiction uh, certainly of, of um, you know stronger female characters, though those strong female characters have to you know go around in mini skirts and low-cut uh, tops and everything. so yeah you know, so I don't know, again, a product of its time that I don't know if we can totally write off as you know just that, but also I don't know if we can totally condemn it as well i always kind of resist that judging things in the past on on our current standards you know,
0: that- no no i agree with you i mean what are we going to do you know a- adopt the cancel culture you know mantra and just say wipe it from our memories i mean that's just seems yeah. ridiculous yeah. and you know we seem to want to do that well some people want right.
1: to do it and it's not I don't think it's a hundred percent just to do that. I, I get looking at and reexamining things in the past and there's nothing wrong with that, but um, obviously there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, that's probably a healthy uh, thing to do uh, to reconsider our, our attitudes towards things, but to judge something like Star Wars, the Star Trek, uh, the original series uh, and, and condemning it based on, yeah, I don't yeah, know if yeah. that's, but anyway. And
0: if we, and if we listen to some people, your uh, book room at school will be empty pretty soon and, yeah, I don't know what you'll teach then.
1: Right, no, uh, yeah, that's a good, good question. Um, but one thing I have found, and obviously it's very nostalgic going back to it. Now, I was not alive when the original series was actually running, but, you know, this show was really made in syndication, right? And that's when sure. loads of people got to really experience the show, and it was something, I, I imagine I've watched all of these episodes at one time, but long, long, long ago. So there's definitely a lot of nostalgia going into rewatching these and everything and reminding me how much I loved this show when I was a kid and how important it was to me. But then now I see these people on here, these beautiful young men and women. And I'm like, I wonder what they're up to now. And a alarming amount of these people are no longer with us. And it's weird. And now I can't get it out of my head like every time like a a secondary character comes on I just grab my phone and pull up their IMDB to see if they're still alive or not you know Um, and if they are most of them are like in their 80s I think William Shatner's in his 90s now I think in the I've done the pilot one of the early episodes there's a guy on there who was born in 1901 wow like that, that just can't even like my brain can't even calculate that so you there's some this is like something i just realized watching it now like my brain can't let go of this i'm like always wondering if the people are still alive or not and everything but
0: uh, well i do a similar thing with the shows i'm watching now i I'm, i'm not looking up to see if they're alive or not but just with endeavor a lot of these secondary characters and i'll be honest i'm generally looking up the attractive women in the show and i'm completely surprised at how many of them their careers are over and i you know maybe they got into some other deal in their their lives or whatever but yeah i mean they were attractive they were good actors and why did you stop so
1: yeah Yeah, that's that's, exactly it's like so many of the of the people who are like on guest characters or on on one time who were just in that one episode of star trek and then that was like yeah their career was over me you know i mean they probably they might have walked away willily or you know on right. their own but yeah it's just you know. like that's like a lot of times known for episode three of season one of star trek
0: <laughs> right all right anything else uh that's it okay cool all, all right. right well let's get to fringe episode eight of season two titled august written by the a team jh wyman and Jeff Pinkner directed by Dennis Smith. It aired November 19th, 2009. So, you know, we certainly talked a little bit about spoilers and our approach to spoilers last week, and Fred covers it in his feedback this week. Uh, You know, I, I think in terms of spoilers, I mean, we know that the main character observer's name is august and i think if you look at the imdb page and even in the credits they name one of the other observers so is it a spoiler because we eventually learn the name of you know i guess the observer that we first were introduced to you know in the credits he's still listed only as the observer so is it fair to reveal what month he is um, yeah, or just I, was, wait. I was
1: wondering, that yourself. Well, Al, you know, Alan also brings up a, a good point that if you had the, um, the subtitles turned on, that you would, I guess, apparently get the name of the other observers as well. I, I think, I feel like it's not a, a huge, like, spoil what his name is or that. Okay, because we and, know the it's th- other three. So, because, so, especially since we're talking about multiple observers, I think we just go ahead and say what yeah but his name okay
0: okay because we're introduced to july august and december and the observer we're first introduced to you know way back is september so there i said it there you go Uh, okay i I thought
1: it was october i don't know why i was thinking it was october couldn't remember (laughs) i didn't look it up obviously so
0: all right now now did you notice the name of the motel at which he oh was it the
1: bates motel No, (laughs) no. No, What was it? Okay, I didn't.
0: I thought did start with a B. It did. Bell. The
1: bell. Oh, oh. Okay.
0: Now Bell with an E. But is it a happy accident or is it kind of a nod to William Bell? So
1: yeah. Well, you think that again? I feel like there's probably not a lot they do by accident here, and certainly they chose that, and they especially the prominence that they gave because we see like that advertisement in the phone book more than once.
0: I mean it's not like that show that will not be named and you had to look you'd see a name on the side of a panel truck and you'd think all right what's that an anagram of. Right. Let me get my computer. Yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. No, it's
1: not like that. Yeah right. they 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 put it out there pretty pretty blatantly that that the name of the motel is significant because honestly who really cares what the name is right
0: sure exactly um the only other thing and and we'll certainly get to it in, in a little bit walter's concern over losing peter and we once again hear the story of how the observer saved you know walter and peter when their car crashed into the frozen lake so i think it's pretty clear now you know we know we're dealing with two peters unless i missed the timeline which peter did the observer save well the peter the peter that's now dead and we've seen his you know gravestone or the peter that you know we we see in the show because we don't again i may have missed it but we don't know how old peter was when the car crashed in the lake right true so i don't know how that factors into the big picture at this point and again it's one of those things i don't remember for sure right. um but but i don't think we learned how old peter was we've just heard walter recount the story basically to explain how it is that he and the observer september know each other and and of course it looks like he. Uh, acquainted at least in part with one other observer as well so anyway you know the main storyline obviously there's more than one observer as we learn in this episode and and we uh, learn a lot about what they do but not really on the one hand but but the other little mini story deals with olivia and ella and you know that, that great early scene when ella wakes her fully dressed live who's sleeping on the couch up in anticipation of a day at the theme park i'm not sure and again it probably doesn't matter are, are they at olivia's apartment or are they at rachel's apartment i guess it gets back to well why she fallen asleep fully dressed on the couch well right you know whatever
1: but yeah well yeah i, I think probably it mostly speaks to how much she's working and how much her job is kind of because she's not like fully dressed in like sweatpants and stuff she's dressed in you know the stuff that she would wear at work and everything
0: yeah and then it's just heartbreaking when her phone rings and her niece immediately knows what the deal is and she just you know sets down the brochure starts taking off her jacket and she's I don't want to say she's totally cool with it because she's a little kid and God bless her. I mean, just the the way she takes it in stride. I know you have an important job and, you know, we don't know where Rachel is. We just know she's somewhere else, which kind of begs the question. And I'm not implying that Rachel's a bad mom because she's clearly not to have raised a child on her own the way she's turned out
1: in case he has enough emotional intelligence to know that in this moment that you know to to pout about not going to the amusement
0: park exactly so by my right right. so I'm, i'm not implying that rachel's a bad mom but you're leaving her with your sister who's an fbi agent which you pretty much know what their deal is now right now I don't know who the Jacobsons are, but again, they must be pretty close friends <laughs> that you can just call them at a moment's yeah. notice, and and you know, uh, you know, maybe they have children that are her age as well, uh, and and it works out great. But anyway, so not to belabor that. So I think more than anything, it's just just well, heartbreaking for. Yeah, Ella. it
1: is. It is. The Jacobsons we see as the complete plot device. So you know, Olivia mm-hmm. can get out of the house and we're now like hey what what do you do with the kid you know yeah. so
0: take her with you yeah right um, but uh, they end up on the roller coaster in the final scene and then that final scene just has you know and it's funny because they're at a theme park so one of the things at these theme parks are colorful balloons and and you just want somebody to stick a pin and pop the balloon <laughs> when the one observer look how happy she is it's a shame things are about to get so hard for her. And on the one hand, I guess it's possible, not really, to wonder, well, which one are they talking about?
1: Right. But, I mean, but, you know, the show's not about... Yeah, it's
0: not kids. about Ella. <laughs> right. <laughs> so,
1: most likely they're talking about Olivia, I think.
0: Yeah, so what that you know mysterious comment is going to evolve into... You know, we shall see. But uh, the opening scene, y- y- we see an observer, one, you know, with whom we're not familiar yet at this point, And he's in a Boston park. And, okay, I guess everybody's caught. I mean, it's 2009. I mean, there are smartphones. And, and, you know, people, I don't know, did people still have Walkman walking around with, you know, earbuds in, oblivious to what's going on around them?
1: Yeah, probably because- had evolved to the iPod.
0: I mean what nobody notices is dude in a dark suit yeah. you know with with these binoculars kind of spying on young yeah, women
1: right that's not that, that's that's not good
0: that's, and then this
1: is post 9/11 I think this is going to draw a red flag no matter what. you
0: would one would think and he's taking notes in a notebook and of course we can't decipher what he's writing but again we're familiar with an observer and okay, fine. I mean, not that it's a big shock that there's more than one observer. Um, But isn't it
1: because we've only seen the one so far, right? Yeah, yeah,
0: right, right, sure. Um, And and we really don't know what their purpose is. I mean, we didn't even know with September what his real purpose was. I mean, we know know the story about saving Walter and Peter, but, but beyond that, we don't really know. And then all of a sudden he forces her into a stolen car which by the way that was pretty cool just t- his finger touching yeah. the ignition which it takes us back and i'm not sure how much we talked about it at the time but who are these dudes right i mean okay fine they're they're writing in a system that nobody understands i mean astrid apparently has a degree in linguistics and she can't make heads or tails of it um nork and brandon nork and brandon although he uh, i mean he seems to have made some connections which is pretty cool and uh um, i think alan in his feedback talks a little bit about alan and and uh yeah what a great character i know you you've mentioned that yeah you know, on on several occasions faith, before yeah. Um so th- so the fact that he can start the engine just by touching the ignition okay uh, you, you know that uh, that's cool i mean his stun gun okay you know advanced tech i mean yeah, like we might say yeah like that's not gun he has yeah right but we might say okay he probably got that at massive dynamic or you know wherever so that that's not s- such a big deal when the story comes up again of you know, the Observer saving them from the frozen lake. Peter seems pretty dismissive of that story. And, and of course, Walter's, you know, interested in learning about the woman's uh, abduction. And I don't know about you, but I I guess I was pretty surprised, I don't want to say really, when the Observer leaves his notebook in the park. You know,
1: right. yeah, and, and you know, again, we question with these guys, especially someone who, as as Brandon described, how he thinks they see time. Um, you know, how much of this is preordained? How much of this is by design? You know, like there's certain a lot of questions we have about those guys.
0: Yeah, and and Peter, of course, watching the surveillance footage makes the deduction that there's more than one observer obviously again and that not to su-
1: catch bullets
0: and that they can catch bullets and at first i thought oh has he got, got some kind of force field around him but you know then we see you know when they slow it down that no he caught the darn thing but not surprisingly walter looks as if he may know more than he's saying and even by the end of the episode we get the sense that Walter knows a lot more than has been revealed to this point, which is sure. fine. That's great storytelling. I mean, they certainly give us a lot in this episode, so I'm not trying to to say that you know, they're holding back. I mean, you got to hold something back. You got 20 episodes for <laughs> crying out loud. Right. So you can't give everything away in episode and three eight. more
1: seasons go past this. So.
0: But what do you make of the scene with August And gosh, I can't think of the girl's name. I got him in my notes here somewhere, Christine. And he's got her in the motel room bound and he mimics or anticipates word for word what she's going to say. Yeah. So what what are we supposed to make of that?
1: Well, my first thought is that this is a lot like that Dr. Who episode, uh, I believe it's called midnight. Um, you know, he goes like on a like a shuttle to go visit this place and all of a sudden the people on the shuttle start acting weird and uh the, the one lady is starts first of all she's just repeating what other people are saying and then gets to the point where she's actually saying what the doctor says at the same time he does. So that that totally kind of though I again, am I saying that they did this because they saw a doctor who I don't I don't know. I think Doctor Who that particular episode probably did predate this episode, but I'm not saying that uh, the people are being influenced by Doctor Who. There's worse things to be, but again, it does definitely speak to this supernatural ability of his. Or I guess at least if if we go by Brandon's view of the observers, that you know since he can see all of time at once, then um, you know he would already know what she's going to say
0: right and and you know that whole idea about whether or not the observers are time travelers or as brandon posits that they are time observers right and i i love his explanation although i i think those were olivia's shoes that he kept spilling the liquid on right
1: I just assumed they were his, but they could have. I didn't really.
0: Oh, I thought they were because because I think the camera then gave a shot of her face. Like, what the hell are you doing? Oh,
1: see now that makes a lot more sense. Because I was just like, why did they? Why is she reacting to him spilling? I just thought maybe she just you know, right? But
0: what? But his explanation, and you know, I mean, of all the sci-fi that I've seen over the years, I don't necessarily recall that theory of time I, I, you oh know, I thi-
1: yes you do well maybe okay. you do Where have you do ever I read mean- slaughterhouse five
0: well i have okay so okay that's
1: a, almost word for word from vonnegut
0: okay um so all of time is happening simultaneously and the observers are able to move along the continuum apparently at will i mean we certainly know but
1: they could just see it you know well obviously yeah yeah they yeah move along too so, we see it.
0: so what they're doing however is the key question and as peter says these people have the answers and walter at at the end of the episode son you'll get your answers now we don't know what answers walter's referring to of course, is he referring to Peter's origin story? Is he referring to what he knows about the observers and right. their purpose? Because again, that was pretty cool when when Brandon shows the Paul Revere engraving from I think it was 1770 or yeah, the Boston like, Massacre. Yeah. Right. Well, that could be anybody. Yeah. Okay. But what about this f- photograph from you know yeah. 1914 Sarajevo? you know there's a pattern here and and I think of uh, Olivia and peter are are on board with that, which is again one of the things we love about fringe
1: right and, and at this point, now I am like, okay, these guys have definitely watched Doctor Who because again that same thing is I believe the first episode of the new of the reboot series with Christopher Eccleston, you know a guy points out the Rose all these times the doctor and he Shows him like a, a drawing of him before the Titanic, and he's you know has a bunch of pictures where instead of the observers, Christopher Eccleston is a doctor. But they show him all these historic moments throughout time, and I actually think one of them was the assassination of Archdu- Archduke Franz Ferdinand. But um, but anyway, so there's definitely this episode, whether intentionally or not, has a, a number of very strong Doctor Who uh associations in it.
0: Yeah, so right, and and we learn that they've been around for centuries, maybe even millennia, and and Brandon makes that that statement that there have only been two dozen occurrences in the past five thousand years. So I'm wondering, and and maybe again, this doesn't really matter, but how do you know that? Right. All right fine, you've got the engraving done by Paul Revere now. Granted, this is massive, dynamic, and and they have sure. obviously the most sophisticated computing power probably in the world, and maybe this was just a small sampling of you know, the information that they have gleaned of every piece of artwork done ever by you know what I'm saying. So right.
1: I don't like. In addition, I would say that it's not like Paul Revere was standing to the side of the Boston Massacre. Drawing this picture, you know, like he did sure. it afterwards, so it's not like a snapshot. But I mean, we get, I, 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 I yeah. like I'm watching, it, I don't think that. I think that now, how ludicrous that is to like, oh, hey, wait a second, oh, there's a massacre taking place. Hold on, British soldiers, just stay where you are for a sec. Let me
0: capture so this that, moment. But then the question is, why is this occurrence so rare? Why is it so rare for the observers to appear when? now their appearances have increased exponentially i think he says 26 in the past three months so what's going on that's caused them to appear so frequently and of course right. we don't get an answer at this point
1: right but we just assume it's got to be something with you know the characters that we know here right
0: uh, of course right and and you know when we get that statement at the end things are about to get very hard for her so
1: well and we also know that you know recently is when olivia has first crossed over to the other world and has met with william bell so you know if i had to put my money on something i would say that that is probably the thing that well i guess it could be anything but i mean that seems like the the most recent big thing that's happened, especially it was like three months ago, right? Because the the teams have worked together for like a year. So it's not like, oh, when Peter, when Olivia first meets the bishops, is that it? You know, it seems like what recently has kind of happened That's again, if we're going on the obvious supposition that, you know, whatever is happening has something to do with the characters that we know in the show, I would say Olivia's being with William Bell was probably a pretty big event there.
0: Oh yeah. Huge. No question you know we talked about oh it's fringe so you know the fact that that peter and olivia accept this but gotta love the waitress in the diner the observer sitting down more hot sauce gentlemen as she watches them each empty their bottles of hop sauce yeah. and then the the, <laughs> the the crushed red peppers which my wife loves them i mean not to that extent (laughs) but they're way too hot for me and and i like things spicy i'll just leave it at that but but she doesn't bat an eye i mean it's like you know bring you more if you need it i like like the
1: cayenne pepper on my pizza yeah yeah other than that yeah it's pretty spicy
0: right but we learned that august has created in an irregularity that they are going to need to repair and we're thinking like okay uh, will need to contact Donald well Donald's not a name of the month no. so uh, well you know
1: this little new fact that it originally was it went like <laughs> uh, you know March April Donald May uh, <laughs> but um, you know, they,
0: yeah but uh, it turns out he's not an observer but a hitman. and what I didn't make the connection at the beginning i'd forgotten and and alan brings it up in his feedback about the little device he's got green 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 red and of course we see that in an earlier episode so then it made me think well are they psychologically manipulating this dude into killing no. or you know did they just you know look up Hitman in the uh, so, yellow pages and that's how they got in right, touch with and and him
1: it's going to be towards the top of the list he was right sort of the D, so, so
0: but it's not something i really thought about until you know listening to alan's feedback so i wonder because other than that what's the point of the red and green flashing lights if not does it make him forget that he killed somebody and i forget how many unexplained deaths they i think it's broils might say in the area yeah i can't remember like he did mention 10. Pen, yeah. so are these all irregularities that have to be cleaned up but uh but you know we do learn more about christine her parents were killed in the 89 san francisco earthquake which i think uh, you and I certainly remember I don't know sure. about you but I was like watch. well I, I was hoping to watch the World Series game but uh, right. of, of course uh, well because you know, it
1: was Martin. the athletics and the and the Giants right like
0: right was, right yeah. right the crosstown. I don't I think that was the first time that ever happened and you know of course we watched it in real time but in a similar vein that a her parents car was on the bridge when it collapsed they were killed she was saved would the observer have saved his, her parents had he been able to i mean you get the idea maybe i well, but, well you based on what he said he comes to admire her
1: because of how she handled the the, the death of her parents you know so
0: yeah sure And, of course, when he starts explaining to the others what it is about Christine, we know he's going to end up bringing up the L word. And he says, well, I think these are feelings. I'm like, dude, keep going, keep going. And he does. I think I love her. And we don't get the sense that it's any kind of romantic love. It, at least for me, I see it as a parental that that he's become a father figure, even though he's not probably old enough. At least, of course, we have no idea yeah, how old no he idea, is. But right. but you know,
1: exactly. you know. You're right? You're right. It, it's it's a love. It's not a romantic love. I mean, he already had her tied up in the hotel room. If anything, there was going that way. That was the moment for it. Uh, it but yeah, it's it's a like you, like you said, a parental. You know he wants her safe, he wants her protected,
0: um, right.
1: he doesn't want to get with her
0: right so yeah and and you know, as Peter and Olivia are driving, she opens up about the disappointment that she feels, you know over the incident with Ella, and of course, he tells her, "Oh, you'll make plenty of memories with Ella, but uh, he, i mean this again, this is fringe, and there have been so many catastrophic events kind of hovering around everybody it's one of those things that that i think you you know we all say it's like you know don't take life for granted you know make those memories now you know you don't know what you're going to have in the future so Mm i i thought that was very um you know i i guess salient of him to say that to her and and uh, of course you know we've talked about uh, her relationship with Broyles, peter's relationship with Broyles, you know and 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 of course we've mentioned many times about shipping the two of them but again just just to peter the friendship and no no <laughs> yeah. and then of course we kind of get a sense you know we we hear about the fact that she's supposed to be on this plane and we can put two and two and actually come up with four in this case. And, oh, he's actually saving her. And of course he says, it'd be easier to show you. And he turns on the television. And and of course uh, we see the news report that the plane crashed and, you know, Peter and Olivia learn the same thing. She says, yeah, get out his her itinerary. And it's like, oh, okay. Right. And, so now they know he's not really abducting her. I mean, he did abduct her, but yeah. you know, for for a good reason or is it? I mean, you know, it, you know yeah. we always it, talk about consequences and you know that that fine you saved her, but then what does that mean to the timeline?
1: It, yeah, exactly. Uh someone who was supposed to die now isn't uh you know like anyone who's watched any Time travel, anything ever, knows that there's always going to be significant consequences that goes with that.
0: Yeah, and you know, I, I think that's what the observers' correction is all about. Of course, we learn that their means of correcting an anomaly is to basically kill somebody with a hitman, which, right. <laughs> on the Seems one like hand,
1: ham-fisted way of correcting the timeline,
0: you know? <laughs> right? And again, you gotta love. The hitman they've chosen, Donald, who is the antithesis, at least visually, uh, of what the observers are. But then when Walter meets with an observer, please don't take my son. We had an arrangement. I know what I did was wrong. And we could say, well, what is it he did wrong? And I, again, I, I think we've put two and two together and come up with four in, in that. Or at least he, 4.5. Right, we're in in the area. We're in there somewhere. Right, I mean, his son, you know, in in universe one, died, and he went into the other apparently, and took the Peter over there and brought him back. So uh, we suspect that's what he did wrong. And when the observer says, "No, no, no," I'm, I need your help because you had a problem and you came up with this unique way of addressing it. So what is the observers thinking that he'll take this Christine and move her to the other universe to protect her?
1: Right. Well, that could be, I guess, one of many.
0: Right. Now, does that then imply that the observers don't have the ability to travel between universes, but Walter does. So I need your help in moving her. I mean, is that what he's getting at? Maybe I I, I don't, I I thought
1: that at first, but then like, kind of like what you're thinking now, it's that, well, even Walter, like we've seen like, you know, like David Robert Jones, how much of an effort he had to go through to, um, move between the universes, right? Sure, yeah. Um, and all this, he had to do it. He was unsuccessful. So, we, you know, it's the only person we've seen that has the ability to really do that is Olivia, and I don't, does does even Walter, I don't know, does, does Walter well, know that she traveled to the other?
0: Well, universe? I, I, I believe remember. they but, do, right? I believe she told them that she met with William Bell, but how did peter from the other universe get to this universe if not with walter so we i mean we don't know yet we we right. like you said we only know for sure that olivia can travel right. so
1: so so that was my original thought was like yes he's he maybe he he wants to shift the girl to the other universe and hide her there and then at the end of the episode i'm like you know i think he was just asking walter to use his you know, critical thinking skills and his creative thinking skills to come up with a way in which he can um, save Christine's life. Not necessarily to shift her to another universe, but just some way that, like, because all he can see is if I try to run, they're going to chase me. If I kill the hitman, they'll send another. You know, we'll never be able to be, you know, she'll never be safe. And so he, like, needs to... Someone to think outside the box for him, I believe
0: right, but in the end, is it August that comes up with the solution and, and and of course, the problem is that for her to survive, Christine needs to be made important, and we're led to then believe at the end the fact that she essentially caused, and I'm making air quotes, an observer's death makes her now important. Yes. So that didn't seem. You know, I didn't hear Walter suggest that. Uh, is that something that just came to the hitman? Because you know, we see Olivia get uh, to the motel in time to see August let the essentially let the hitman kill him, and, and you see the hesitation in Donald. It's like, dude, what are you doing? And then he fires off you know three shots which we know he could have just caught in midair yep right so he allows himself to be killed but then he gives peter and we're not sure at first what it is he puts in peter's hand at least i wasn't sure at first but obviously it's his phaser and as the hitman's about to shoot olivia peter takes him out and then olivia you know finishes him off but I guess we have to assume August knows how this is going to transpire. You know, I mean, right? If they see, you know, if they see all of time, did he already see this? And if this he already is, right, saw this,
1: this not already happened, right? Then okay. why didn't
0: the other observers already know this was how it was going yeah, to happen? Yeah, which is
1: where the the, the problem comes in with the whole theory right because it's like unless that's
0: just a paradox
1: yeah if, if everything is as brandon described it is just time is just this tube of water that they can see everything in then then there's no possibility for any deviation from this right but the observers said that um he has changed the timeline so that suggests there's like you know the brandon's theory is not necessarily 100 percent valid because then obviously there's things going on here that are outside of what we're in, supposed to happen
0: right and, and then of course the teddy bear which we see in august's briefcase initially and we're thinking all right that's kind of weird but check off's gun and sure. and of course it does come to be important at the end of the story when we hear olivia call to check on ella and we hear oh she's not here she went out with uh, whatever his wife's name is for right. ice cream yeah yeah and we're like oh
1: god yep I, i'm but, not sure exactly why they put that in there because you're right it, it, well it, except to be say hey you know if we were less you know if, if we were going with the cliche the kid would be in danger right now you know but
0: Right, but then we see her, and and she talked her aunt live into the roller coaster, and you know we're never really sure, and, and I think that's the beauty of Olivia Dunham's character is she really terrified of roller
1: coasters? Exactly. Like <laughs> Given she's everything, fearless she's... individual, you
0: know? <laughs> right? But on the one hand. I, certainly a possibility. I mean, you never know. I well, mean, well,
1: here's the thing, right? A roller coaster is something she has no control over, right? It's something that she just gets on the ride and it.
0: Well, that's true too.
1: Takes her where it will, and I think by because at first it's like, really, she's afraid of roller coasters. I'm like, oh wait, she doesn't have any ability to control it. She has no, you know, all, she's just completely a quote unquote victim to whatever the roller coaster is gonna do.
0: Well that's true. That's a good point. I didn't think about it in those those terms. So yeah, anyway, uh what else haven't we talked about? Uh well
1: I mean I I I I have I understand the overcompensation of no we're not gonna go on the roller coaster and then oh the day almost got ruined so okay I'll take you on the roller coaster, right? <laughs>
0: she asked Brawls if she can have the rest of the day off. And he kinda looks at her like Really <laughs> Yeah,
1: you know, there's just so so much to consider here about just the nature of time and the observers and you know, I think the one time August says you know, they say she has no future, and August says, Then why do I see it? Why do I see that she's a you know? So you know, again there's this idea of that kind of diverges from what brandon's theory is is that not that there's just this one timeline but there's different potential branches uh refer back to our peripheral episodes Uh,
0: well well, right And, and we know that the multiverse is in play does brandon know that the multiverse is in play you one would think yes he does given that nina sharp knows and William Bell knows obviously, and and all of that. But then it it, it makes me wonder: Well, are the observers able to see you know, the multiverse and and the timeline in each multiverse? Because obviously, each multiverse you know is, is slightly different. You know, it's the same, but it's different. You know, as, as we've talked many times. So, are the observers not able to see? all of that or does each observer observe time differently yeah. which on the one hand doesn't make sense i guess when you when you think about the fact that they acknowledge that irregularities have to be corrected so that it's almost as if they they all agree what constitutes an irregularity so yeah, I am not I don't sure. think that's,
1: you're off there, though, because you're right. Like, if the one says she has no future and the other says, well, I can see a future, well, then that just tells us they do see time differently, right? They do see the future in a different...
0: Yeah. So. so, anyway, well, you know, again, we get a lot of answers, but maybe more questions, which is great.
1: Yeah. that's. I, I think this is a really good episode for that in, in that, like you said, they. Give us some reveals, but then, you know, actually by revealing stuff to us kind of leads to more questions. I always kind of appreciate that for the most part in in the show.
0: Sure. So (sighs) anything else? Um, I think that might be it. All right. Well, let's get to listener feedback. And we got a second piece of audio feedback to go along with uh, Fred. So we'll go ahead and listen to Alan in England, and we will be right back.
2: Hello, Dave and Wayne and everyone listening to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch Podcast. This is Alan from England trying my first voice note, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, Some feedback on uh, Podcast 506. Yeah, that British movie, The Quatermass Experiment, was indeed made in the 1950s uh, before any real astronauts went anywhere. There's another Quatermass movie and a TV series made in the 60s, and then another Quatermass TV series made in uh, 1979 with the English actor John Mills, which is pretty good. I watched that one when it was actually broadcast. Uh, While I'm watching, still enjoying Picard season three, better and better at more as more characters come back, and of course The Mandalorian. I completed watch uh, 1899, and I was really glad to have your podcast to help me understand what was going on after each episode. I guess the uh, benevolent Matrix ending was just about the only one that made sense, but I do wonder how it would have gone forward into another season or two. Recently spent quite some time, effort, brain power, and computer power, trying to remember the name of another time travel movie I saw only about a year ago which I eventually managed to identify because of one actress I remembered was in it that was in another show. And I was able to look it up via IMDB. That's how my mind's filing system works. You know, that movie with that woman who was in that thing with that other guy. Eventually tracked it down and it was called Repeat from 2021. A British inventor stumbles upon a machine that appears to be reading the thoughts from the recently deceased but it's all a lot more timey-wimey, wibbly-wobbling than just that. It gets more unsettling and mysterious through each twist. Pretty good. So to fringe. Episode 8, August. As I watch it, the title on the screen says 8 August, which is actually my birthday, so that was pretty cool. I was 22 on the 8th of the 8th, 88, and all of China celebrated, but that was mostly a coincidence. 8 is a very lucky number there. I do like an old-fashioned hat, too, but there any similarity with the Observer ends. I loved August fold-away binoculars. They outwardly resemble uh, opera glasses. I remember uh, from some theatrical performance uh, in the 1980s. When we see the teddy bear in his case, I thought, that'll be significant, and then entirely forgot about it until the 2nd rewatch. It did occur to me that if he had some tranquilizer, he could probably have used that a bit earlier without causing such a massive scene in the park. But anyway, it got done. Did anyone else get a Max Headroom vibe as he got in the car and his head wobbled slightly as it started up? Now that certainly was a show of its time, again back in the 1980s. Massive Dynamics, Brandon's intelligence and enthusiasm for all things weird reminds me a lot of a similar character, Marshall, from Alias, which I now see was also a J.J. Abrams show. Those observers do get around a lot throughout history, although I half expected Forrest Gump to also be in one of those pictures. In the restaurant, I guess those other observers were also probably named after months, and the subtitles confirmed it straight away. I sometimes wonder why subtitles give you more information than you would get from watching or listening without them, but it was no great spoiler. When that hitman's phone lights up, green, 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 red, you know that's a bad sign for somebody, remembering that episode where it was a precursor to people losing track of time. When Olivia calls the babysitters to check on Ella, and we hear she's out getting ice cream, I was sure she'd been abducted, or fallen foul of something, but no, just my fringy, spidey sense working overtime. When August meets with those other observers, and one says they interfered once before, only to correct a mistake of our own making, I thought maybe they'd caused the situation that had led to Walter and Peter being in the ice. But there was no more about that in this episode. I like how Walter also has some, always has some side action going on. This time, it's the strawberry shake formula. But when he sends Astrid off to get ingredients, it's initially funny as she says, yeah, she'll go to the market, but if I do, I'm no longer your taste tester. But then we see how he immediately uses that as a diversion so he can get to that meeting in private with August. It makes you wonder how often his whimsies are actually a mask for other intentions. Peter sure takes a big risk when that gun's pointed at his head and shows some fighting skills then. Later it's his turn to wield a gun, of sorts, and to help take out that hitman. Later still, Broil says no one else can get the gun to work. But we guess it's because Peter's not like anyone else at the agency and maybe it will only work for people from those from the other world. Eventually, the teddy bear turns up and is returned to Christine, so that's some comfort. Finally, Olivia and Ella are on the roller coaster, and we see the observers watching, although I thought it would have been cool if one of them was actually riding in the back of the same roller coaster. And one comments, it's a shame things are about to get so much harder for her. I was only 75% sure they meant Olivia rather than Ella, as they obviously know about things that can happen to anyone in the future. Anyway, that's all for me. Keep up the great work, Alan from England.
0: All right. So you know, I mentioned about Alan bringing up the red and the green lights, which was something I, you know, I of course noticed it at the time, but didn't really consider the implications of that. Um, oh, and, and by the way, Alan, uh, you know, keep sending the audio feedbacks. So they, they, uh, you know, it's it's awesome.
1: Yeah, good stuff.
0: You know, like us, he he. Really as bonded with Brandon, and I, I think more than anything, as as Alan points out, it's it's Brandon's enthusiasm for everything that's going on here. And
1: yeah, he's he's like a really good like lens for us, right? Sure, sure. He's like kind of and, geeking out about everything that's happened. We we can only do that in private. We get to see Brandon do it on the big on the screen.
0: Right now, he brings up the connection to. A similar character in alias named marshall who is the the tech genius who you know we see almost on a week-to-week basis you know right before sydney's ready to go out on a mission and he's like all right well i've got this and i know it looks like an ordinary pen but actually it'll fire off a nuclear warhead and then you can you know take this chewing gum and and build a bridge with it wait no that's macgyver sorry um but but no alan i definitely see the similarities you know, between Brandon and Marshall, uh, you know, definitely. I don't know any, what else. I mean, I think we talked a, a lot about.
1: Well, he mentions like the you know the observer with basically the opera glasses, and the the vet comes up to him at the beginning. And is like, what are those? And I've never seen those before. I'm like, yeah, you have. Everyone's seen this before, you know. Obviously, they don't. You know, he doesn't realize all the. Computer stuff that he's seeing through them, but they look like just a regular pair of opera glasses, which uh, are, are not unusual. He also gives them, the, he puts the little American flag on his lapel, which I was like, I, I mean, I remember back in the early 2000s where, especially like a politician, if they were going to appear in public, you had to have like an American flag on your lapel you know, to show how patriotic you were. Or an AR-15, right, right. Unfortunately, yeah. Um, so I'm wondering if it, if that's something tied to that time, you know? It, because otherwise, I'm like, why is it? Why does you have to have a lapel, an of, of American flag on his lapel? So, um, I, I guess that, that that's why that was. But that was weird. Um, he also said how uh, Alan was watching it with subtitles, which I know, like, I'm, I mean, my kids watch everything with subtitles now and I come in and they're watching like Grey's Anatomy and the subtitles like why are you having subtitles they're speaking English you know Um, but then I thought okay well there's definitely times that um, some shows that even though they're speaking English I still have subtitles on I'm looking at you Peaky Blinders um, but oftentimes, you know, it's very rarely that it's a show with American characters that I'll put the subtitles on. So I was just wondering if, like, people in Britain sometimes put on subtitles for American shows because the sometimes the American accents are a little bit indecipherable to them as uh, the British accents sometimes are to us.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no you know? question. So, and, and, I don't know. Er, That's er, er, and
1: Send that. Responds to us next week. Les, now,
0: well, it reminds me of the uh, Red Nose Day video with uh, David Tennant and Catherine Tate when he's the substitute teacher, and she tells him she can't understand him because he's you know not speaking English. And he's like, right. I, of course I'm speaking. No, you're speaking Scottish. <laughs> <laughs> um you know the the last thing i wanted to just mention about alan's feedback uh he, he brings up the fact that walter always seems to have some side action going on and, yeah. and of course it's the strawberry milkshake and this time it, it's just brilliantly executed as a means of getting rid of astrid and i don't know if he had that planned or if it just evolved into that but Again, it was just brilliantly executed, I thought.
1: So. Yeah. Yeah. It anyway. is, and it's a good, a good question because he's, like, wondering if, like, when Walter, these goofy things with Walter, are they sometimes calculated?
0: Yeah, like exactly. So. Right. So. All right. Anything else about Alan's feedback?
1: No, I was just that, you know, the the, the um, area of, oh, who's that woman who was in that movie with that guy? Yeah. Like, yeah. We kind of live in that, right? Like. As I think we talked about at the beginning, like that's kind of something we do all the time. So yeah, very familiar with that. Yes. Good. Thank you, Alan.
0: All right. All right. Well, let's hear what Fred's got for us and we'll be right back. Hello, Dave and Wayne
3: and all listeners to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for Fringe season two, episode eight. Coming back to last week's podcast. At the beginning of the podcast, you had a big discussion about spoilers And I even didn't get it. I didn't follow it on the Facebook page, but I read it. In the meanwhile, I have to make you a tremendous compliment because Sci-Fi TV Rewatch is in essence something about older series, while otherwise Rewatch, and i think you do a marvelous job not spoiling too much and yeah now and then something slips i also sometimes called you out on something that was more or less spoilery what i do in my own feedback is warning about spoilers and even intersperse a little pause so that people really have the chance to stop and go ahead for a minute or whatever Another thing is when you for instance talk about Doctor Who or whatever series I don't watch and perhaps in the future I will watch. I'm sure by the time I'm going to watch it I completely forgotten what you have told. So mainly spoilers are a problem when you are planning to watch something in the very near future. But sometimes it also very much helps. Not too long ago, I talked, for instance, about that I'm watching the first season of Legends of Tomorrow. And you talked a little bit about it when I asked some questions. And you said that your problem is that in the upcoming seasons, it becomes more and more a problem that if you haven't watched associated series like Arrow, like whatever, I don't know what it all was, but uh, a lot of other series, that you really can't watch legends of tomorrow without watching all the other stuff i didn't think the series was very good so that made me stop after one season and i thought okay this was nice for one season it's fun but not too good okay with that warning i just stop here so in that sense i was very grateful with that between air quotes spoiler it's not nothing about the content it is just about the interspersed series and if you don't watch them all you get into problems understanding it i found that very valuable having given feedback for more than 270 episodes of sci-fi tv rewatch i'm perhaps not completely objective and perhaps a little bit biased but I really want to compliment you on how you normally handle spoilers. And I do think as a podcast called Sci-Fi TV Rewatch, you have an extra responsibility. Because you look at older series sometimes, some at running series, but Dollhouse, Here Fringe, The Librarians, The Magicians, Dark Angel, etc., I think you do that very, very well. And and that's also why I came to you some years ago, because I missed some series. There is so much uh, available that you sometimes think, oh, now I'm going to watch this, and you're looking for a a nice podcast. And then you can say, okay, I go to a podcast from the time when the series ran, but sometimes they're not available, or sometimes they are just shitty podcasts with shitty hosts. I mean... Everybody has his favorite podcast hosts. Sometimes the host or the hosts are even more important than the series. I mean, I didn't like Be Foreigners, and I still don't like it. But if you're going to do the next season, I will watch it. And what I like very much about your podcast is that you really... Force me sometimes to really do the things that are on my watch list for a very long time. I always wanted to watch Fringe because everybody is talking about it, how good it is, etc. And did I manage to watch it on my own? No, because there is far much other things out there, also new stuff, that I never would do it. And now I'm doing it. Same is actually true when you did the first season of Stargate SG 1. What happened? I enjoyed it very much to watch that. But then when your podcast stopped, uh, I was planning to watch on, but got caught by many other things to watch. Same happened actually to Fringe. That is why after you did the first season of Fringe, I watched on three episodes and now I'm very happy I got stuck. Uh, I didn't watch on because there was much other stuff to watch. And I'm so much enjoying Fringe here. So that I'm very happy you are doing this and I also really hope you will sometime go on even into the third season. Okay that leaves me about one minute for my feedback for episode 8. Look how happy she is. It's a shame that things are going to get so hard for her. End quote of the episode. So, what will be coming? Lots of adventures into the pattern. What is the pattern? What is the CFT? What is massive dynamics? What is the alternative universe? And where are all the connections? That will be all for now. Greetings. All the best. Very confused. Fred from the Netherlands. P.S. Fortunately, not in an 1899 way.
0: Well, Fred, thank you for the compliments, Uh, you know, right back at you. We appreciate everything that that you, you know, give to the podcast and, you know, really appreciate that. Um, You know, I definitely agree with Fred about the notion and hosts of a podcast sometimes being more important than the content itself. And it makes me think of that Doctor Who podcast that I listen to, Radio Friscaro. Well, it's a Doctor Who podcast. And Doctor Who, as we've said a number of times, will go over a full calendar year without a new episode. Yet these guys, these three right. crazy Canadians, managed to entertain me for an hour each week it almost doesn't matter what they're talking about. You know, now they're talking about star Wars and, and I, I think you even mentioned something that's coming up, a an animated. I don't even, I don't even know. I don't even care. I just like <laughs> listening to them talk about it. Right. And, and the other thing that's cool is, is the, the main guy on that podcast, uh, and when I say the main guy, you know, he's the facilitator of, of, of the discussion each week, his wife, does a doctor who podcast called verity with a group of other women and they're great now they just went into a hiatus but it's funny because if one of the three of these guys can't make a particular episode they generally bring in one of the wives and they're great so you know it's like i said it's fred i definitely agree with you on that and i think we've said it before i think it's pretty certain we're going to continue with fringe there might be a show or two in between season three of our fringe coverage but i think it's pretty safe to say we'll get to it
1: yeah i, I feel like we'll, especially i mean like if i remember correctly it's we're almost at that point now where it really really starts to get good
0: yeah now you may be retired by the time we get to season five <laughs> right but
1: That's all right. We'll we'll get there eventually.
0: Yep. So,
1: uh, all
0: right. Anything else about Fred's feedback?
1: um, uh, I'm glad we could help you avoid getting too deep into Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, Though I'm sure there's loads of people out there who would, you know, take issue with that. But, uh, Fred, I I don't know if you have to worry about us doing another season before foreigners because I don't know if there's going to be another season before foreigners
0: right yeah yeah Yeah. well you know it's it's like i mentioned a few weeks back uh, there's a a european streaming service that acquired the rights it's showtime sky or sky showtime or something like that but there's still no word whether a season three will be produced now at least seasons one and two are available and i guess will be available in the states eventually somewhere but uh yeah, I mean, that, you know, and and that's fine. I mean, the, the six episodes. I mean, that's all we got in seasons one and two, anyway. So uh, yeah, um, yeah.
1: I think we can but say yeah. it's safe to say we won't yeah, cover that. Fairly, it feels like that. There's probably something that's not that, but you never okay. know, right? Yeah.
0: Well, I'll trade you be foreigners for uh, Lord of the Rings. So, but <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> or am I? All right. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna go full on A. I I love this episode. Yeah, it's a really good
1: one. It's A. Like I have have no problem, no qualms about giving this. Usually, I feel like I should give it the A minus just to not you know overgrade too much. But
0: all right, cool. All right, well we'll go ahead and leave it there on this your uh, last day of spring break and. that'll do it for this episode of sci-fi tv rewatch thank you for joining us love to hear what you think about fringe uh the peripheral i want to keep throwing that out there if you haven't seen the peripheral yet you're new to the podcast yes. check it out really good, really good. Uh, join the facebook group if you haven't already sci-fi tv rewatch at gmail.com is the way you can reach us we'll be back next week to talk about episode nine of fringe and season two but until then
1: Okay, so, Dave, I'm kind of, like, brainstorming, like, I think we should have, like, a like, like motto or something, like, like, you know, like a statement of purpose, a mission statement uh, for this podcast, like, part of our brand, right? So this is, this is the first thing I came up with, I, you know, tell me what you think, right? They just watch, they don't get involved.